Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of the Turfs Up Horse Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Keeler Johnson. I'm really excited about today's episode because we've got a lot of great stuff to discuss, including the upcoming racing action on Saturday, such as the Dawn Handicap, as well as a few races that were run on Thursday and Friday that are really notable and worth mentioning because they could have a major impact on big races down the road. I'd like to start by discussing what was one of the best races of the year so far, the second round of the Al Maktoum Challenge at Maidan in Dubai. And this race marked the first start of the year for Frosted, who was one of the better three-year-olds in the country last year after winning the Wood Memorial Pennsylvania Derby and finishing second to American Pharaoh in the Belmont Stakes. Now, Frosted was coming off a bit of a layoff. He hadn't run since the Breeders' Cup Classic, but he'd been training well in Florida and then shipped to Maidan to run in this Al Maktoum Challenge, which is the first of two prep races that Frosted will have before the Dubai World Cup at the end of March, where he's expected to run against California Chrome, Keen Ice, and some other talented horses. So in the Al Maktoum Challenge Round 2, Frosted was fully expected to win. He wasn't facing the toughest field, although there were some nice horses, including Prayer for Relief, who won the 2011 Oklahoma Derby and ran in the Breeders' Cup Classic in 2014. Also, there were some talented local runners, Special Fighter, for example, coming off of a win in a handicap race at the same distance as the Al Maktoum Challenge. But Frosted, being one of the best horse, dirt horses in the United States, was expected to win, and he more than delivered on those expectations. The opening fractions of the race weren't really fast. The first 400 meters, which is about a quarter mile, went in 26.14 seconds, but it's important to remember that races in Dubai are timed from the moment the gate opens, instead of, as in the US, where the gate opens and the horses get a little bit of a run up before the clock actually starts. So a 26.14 opening quarter mile at Maidan, pretty typical for a race like the, for a two-turn race like the Al Maktoum Challenge. So, opening quarter, 26.14. Frosted was right there, up on the pace. He ran his quarter in 26.29, according to Trackus, And he got a nice trip. He was wide throughout the race, but he was in the clear, just tracking the leaders. And you got the impression watching the race that he could have taken command really at any time if, it, if his jockey had so desired. So the race proceeded along. Frosted actually took up a narrow lead after a half mile and 50 seconds flat. Then kind of took back a little bit, just kind of jockeying for position, tracking the leader through 1,000 meters and 1,200 meters and 1,400 meters, which is coming up, in, coming up to near the final quarter mile of the race. Frosted was right there, poised to take advantage. And then jockey William Buick asked him to run. Frosted took command, was a little late switching leads, but when he did, the acceleration was instantaneous, and he pulled away impressively to win by about five lengths over Gold City in the track record time of one minute, 56 and 67 hundredths of a second. So it was actually a track record by not quite a second, but uh, about four-fifths of a second, approximately. So Frost did really 
crushed the track record. And granted, the dirt track hasn't been installed at Maidon for very long, and they haven't run a lot of races at this 1900 meter distance, which is about a mile and three sixteenths, same as the Preakness Stakes. But um, Frosted smashed the track record. And it's important to note that according to Trackus, Frosted actually ran well over 1900 meters. He actually covered, because of his wide trip, he actually ran 1931 meters and ran 13 meters farther than runner-up Gold City. 13 meters comes out to about 42 feet and that's about five lengths. So Frosted won by five lengths and covered five lengths more ground than Gold City. So as impressive as Frosted was, and he won easily, very impressive performance, he was actually even better than it appears at first glance with a more ground-saving trip, could have won by 10 lengths, maybe even more. And his time of 156.67, very solid, but this was while covering a lot of extra ground, 1,931 meters. That's a, almost another 100 feet, yeah. approximately. So very nice run from Frosted. And California Chrome, he's in Dubai already, training well in advance of the Dubai World Cup. He's going to have one prep race before then. California Chrome and Frosted probably aren't going to meet up before the Dubai World Cup. And although California Chrome is going to probably be a, a heavy favorite in the big race itself, he was second last year. He's the 2014 Horse of the Year. Got a great reputation. You have to wonder if Frosted could maybe give him a run for the money under ideal circumstances because this was a huge 2016 debut for Frosted. It's clear that he's taken a step forward off his efforts last year, and I'm really excited to see what else he can do in Dubai this year. I believe his next start is scheduled to come in the third round of the Al Maktoum Challenge in early March. That'll be about a week after California Chrome makes his antis much anticipated debut in a handicap race at Maidon. Alright, having touched on Frosted's performance in Dubai, now I'd like to turn our attentions to Santa Anita Park, where on Thursday, there was a one-mile allowance optional claiming race for three-year-olds, and the heavy favorite was Danzing Candy, who had been so impressive, breaking his maiden at San Anita on December 26th. He broke slow that day, then rushed up to take the lead and just sort of effortlessly pulled away from the field and was never really challenged on his way to winning by just over three lengths in a fast time. So it was a very impressive performance. Danzing Candy was fully expected to back up that maiden win with a win in this one-mile allowance race, but it was his first start around two turns, bit of a question mark, and his pedigrees slanted maybe a little bit towards sprinting, Sire's twirling candy, damn Sire's song and a prayer. So there were some question marks, and Danzing Candy had a habit of breaking slowly. He did it in his maiden win, and he also broke very slowly in his first start. However, Danzing Candy really had no troubles on Thursday. He did break a little slowly again, but then Jockey Mike Smith asked him a little bit to go, and Danzing Candy moved up to take command after an opening quarter in 23.14 seconds, and it established a one-length lead to a half mile in 46.6 seconds. 
And then his lead just started getting bigger and bigger. Six furlongs went in 111.1 seconds. Dancing Candy was clear by two and a half lengths. And then turning for home, he cut the corner really well. And in the blink of an eye, he was five lengths in front of his rivals. And from there, the race was over. Mike Smith never really asked him in the home stretch. Um, eased him up late. But Dancing Candy still won by nearly six lengths. In the sharp time of one minute, 36.73 seconds. He came home a little slow. The final furlong went in a little more than 13 seconds, but he wasn't really being asked at all and was never challenged by his rivals. This, this was a really impressive performance. Dan's and Candy, it, it was one of those performances where the result was just never in doubt. Dan's and Candy looked to have the field measured from the time he took the lead going into the first turn and on the back stretch he was traveling so well he just looked like he had everything under control. And again, not challenged at all in the home stretch. His rivals really couldn't even warm him up. So his next start is supposed to come in the San Felipe Stakes in March at Santa Anita, where he could face a very strong field. Um, Bob Baffert's more spirit will likely be there. Um, I will score. Let's meet in Rio. They're running in the Robert B. Lewis Stakes this Saturday. A strong performance there could send them to the San Felipe. Smoky Image, who was so impressive winning the California Cup Derby on January 30th. San Felipe is supposed to mark his next start as well. So the San Felipe is looking like a key prep race on Santa Anita's road to the Kentucky Derby. So we should get a really good feel for how Dan's and Candy stacks up against some of the best Colts on the West Coast. And I think, I think he can hold his own. We'll see. But this, this was an impressive performance. And Dan's and Candy looks to have a ton of potential and I'm really excited to see what he can do down the road. Alright, all that said, let's now turn our attentions to Gulfstream Park where the Dawn Handicap will be held on Saturday. An eight horse field is turned out for the first grade one dirt race of the year and it's hard to say who the favorite will end up being. It could be Key Nice who upset American Pharaoh in the Traverse Stakes last year, but nine furlongs is a little short of Keynice's best distance, and the way Gulfstream Park tends to favor speed, Keynice could be at a bit of a disadvantage as a closer. Even Dale Romans, his trainer, has said that uh, win or lose, Keynice is going to proceed on to Dubai for a prep race in Dubai and the Dubai World Cup, of course, but just the feeling is that Keynice, even though he's trained well and is ready to run. He could be vulnerable as the favorite on Saturday just given the way the track plays and the distance of the race. So looking at the race on paper there's not a lot of early speed. I mean made from lucky usually sits a few lengths back sometimes comes from even farther back. Closing Bell is a closer. Um, Mexicoma of course likes to come from off the pace so it looks like the most likely early leaders are number four, Valid, coming off of a win in the Harlan's Holiday Stakes and a runner-up effort in the House Hope Stakes at Gulfstream. Now Valid, he loves Gulfstream Park. From 12 starts here, he's won six races, three seconds, one third. And arguably his best race in, in terms of speed figures came here in the Harlan's Holiday Stakes in 2014 
when he lost narrowly to Lima's map, who of course was one of the leading older males last year. So Valid has got a lot of speed, but nine furlongs maybe just a little bit beyond his best distance. He's probably best going a mile or a mile and a sixteenth. Nine furlongs might be a little far, but it's hard to say if the track can carry him farther on Saturday if it does play in favor of speed. Another possible front runner's financial modeling, trained by Chad Brown, financial modeling got his career off to a bit of a slow start, lost his first two starts, won his third, then he was third in an allowance race, won an allowance race, just kind of, he was about an allowance caliber horse, but he really stepped up last time out in the Queens County Stakes at Aqueduct over the inner track. Now he did get an easy lead, got fractions of 48 flat, 112 flat, leading clearly two and a half, two lengths in front of his rivals. But he stayed on well in the home stretch, one by four and a quarter lengths over Tommy Macho, who's a very nice colt. Kid Cruz was third. And he got a buyer speed figure of 104, which puts him in the mix. And he gets into the race with a fairly light weight assignment. He'll be carrying just 115 pounds, six less than Keen Ice, and it's actually the low weight, second lowest weight in the field. So financial modeling is another that could potentially get the lead, but he's starting from post position eight and outside of the other speed horses. So it's going to be interesting to see if Jackie Irad Ortiz Jr. tries to send him to the lead from that outside post, or if he lets him settle into second as Valid sets the pace. Hard to say. One colt that I really like a lot in this race is It's a Knockout. And he's trained by Todd Pletcher, who won this race last year with Constitution, and Tata Fletcher's won the Dawn several other times as well, um, notably with Quality Road in 2010. Now, It's a Knockout was on the Derby Trail last year. He started his career with a maiden win and an impressive allowance victory, both at Gulfstream Park, then ran the Fountain of Youth Stakes and finished second behind Upstart, but was placed first in a controversial disqualification. Then. In his fourth start, he finished fourth, a distant fourth, beating 21 lengths in the Florida Derby before finishing ninth, just kind of mid-pack in the Kentucky Derby. Now, he went to the sidelines after this, took a long break, but returned on December 31st at Gulfstream Park and looked as good as ever, maybe even better. In an allowance race, a one-mile allowance race, he settled in fourth place early on, several lengths back, but then moved up strongly through three quarters in 109 and four fifth seconds, and then drew off really well in the home stretch, won by nearly five lengths over El Nawi. Just call Kenny, nice horse was third. And I believe General Arod was in that race as well, and General Arod came back to win nicely a few days ago. So this was a nice run from It's a Knockout. Very visually impressive. Looked like he had something left in the tank, and he just seems he seems to me like the kind of horse that wins the Don Handicap. He's trained by Todd Pletcher. He's got a lot of tactical speed. He can stay near the pace, but he's probably going to take back a little bit, maybe let Valid and Financial Modeling set the pace. But I think he's going to come running in the home stretch. I think he's going to get first run at the leaders. And as long as there isn't a really strong speed bias on Saturday at Gulfstream, I think we're going to see him get first run at the leaders, take command in the home stretch, and then hold off late runs from Mexicoma and Keen Ice to pick up his first grade one victory. 
So that's how I see the Dawn handicap unfolding. I like it's a knockout and we'll also look briefly at the San Antonio Stakes, grade two at San Ida, which is the other major race for older horses on Saturday. A lot of nice horses in here, including Imperative and Opportunity, who were second and third behind California Chrome in the San Pascal Stakes or, uh, in J uh, January 9th. And, but the horse I like best in this spot is actually Cat Burglar. Trained by Bob Baffert, Cat Burglar has shown stakes form throughout his career. He was a good third in the Pimlico Special in 2014. Very close third in the Brooklyn Handicap, also in 2014. 2015 was a disappointing season for him. He lost all five of his starts. He never really came close to winning, but um, after a long layoff, he returned on January 8th at Santa Anita in a one-mile allowance race, and he showed signs of returning to his old form. He was right up near the lead early on to a solid pace, then took command the home stretch and fought on well to win by a neck over Cyrus Alexander, a good colt that's also running in San Antonio Stakes. And he earned a solid buyer speed figure of 99, and my feeling is that Cat Burglar, he's always had potential. We've seen throughout his career that he's got potential. And this comeback win was very encouraging. Very solid effort off the layoff. It looks like Cat Burglar is back to his best form. And in a race that doesn't have a lot of pace, much like the Dawn, only more so, there's very little pace at all in this San Antonio Stakes. I think Cat Burglar, after drawing post one, he's probably going to get the early lead or be right up near the lead early on. And maybe Donworth, Cyrus Alexander could be involved in the pace, but you know, they're not they're not need the lead types that could ensure a really fast pace. So I think Cat Burglar is going to take advantage of a modest pace, take command in the home stretch, and then hang on to maybe defeat stablemate opportunity and imperative who should be coming from farther back and might be compromised by a slow pace. So I'm going with a couple of longer shots in the big stakes races this Saturday. It's a knockout in the Don Handicap and Cat Burglar in the San Antonio. And of course, you can read my thoughts on the Robert B. Lewis stakes and the Las Virgenas stakes at San Anita. I've got my thoughts on those races on the bloodhorse.com blog, Unlocking Winners. I like I Will Score and More Spirit than Robert B. Lewis. And of course, Songbird, the undefeated champion who returns to action in the Las Virgenas. She's been training great, looks like a super talented filly. I'd be really surprised if she loses. So, great Saturday of racing coming up. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you'll continue to tune in and listen to my thoughts on the Turf Sub Horse Racing Podcast. Enjoy the racing!